You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome in to another episode of the Grindy True Crime Podcast. We are back to kick off another episode. This is your host, Gab Gab, and Todd Fox. And today, narrating will be Maddie Matt. Uh, before we get into this episode, we'll let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us all over the country, you can listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, as well as YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you like to donate to our cause and help us to uh, better our equipment and, w- and whatnot, you can uh, donate to Cash App. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. Uh, and at, at PayPal, you can donate at uh, just type in at Grinding True Crimes. Go to no, we don't do Redbubble.com no more. No, I don't. take that back. <laughs> the merchandise will be coming um, soon. <laughs> yes, merchandise will be coming soon. Listener discretion is advised on this one, um, especially for those who are uh, sensitive when it comes to uh, children. Um, there's a little. Uh, giveaway right there is involved children so listeners discretion is advised on this one um oh last but not least uh we were supposed to do our live last week but being that february was a shortened month and a lot of things was going on we are deciding to do it this sunday correct 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 because we were supposed to do it at the end of every month but we, like i said we weren't able to do it this sunday so we're gonna hopefully do it no last sunday so we're gonna Aim to do it for this Sunday, so March fifth. March fifth. So uh, be a, uh, be on the lookout exclusively on Podbean for our live on March fifth. Okay. Anything else that I miss? Nothing. I think that's everything. Okay. Well, with all that being said. We are going to do a story um, based on a recommendation by one of our listeners, whose name is Catherine, from the UK. Well, I'm assuming she's from the UK because the story takes place in the UK. So, Catherine, thank you for this recommendation. Um, this is about the story of James Patrick Bolger. Do you guys know about that story, that case? I don't know why that name sounds familiar to me, but I don't think so. What about you, Todd? I haven't heard of that one. Not Patrick Bolger, no. Okay. Well, we're going to get into it. Um, it's going to be a tough one to listen to. So, uh, like I said earlier, listener discretion is advised. 
you know, usually we go into details about a person's history, detailing about the things that they may have went through mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some of the evidence that may have occurred. Not on this one. Oh, that's not much on him? No, because um, he didn't even get a chance to have a life. Oh. Oh, I see. Right off the bat, how, how old do you think this victim was? Maybe under 10. I'm going to say four years old. You say four years old? Would you, would you say, Todd? Under 10. Well, he was only two years old. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Only two. So let's get into a, a brief introduction of James Patrick Boger. Uh, he was born on March 16th, 1990 in Kirby, England, to parents Ralph and Denise Bolger. Now, prior to having Patrick, Ralph and Denise had previously lost their daughter, who was stillborn. Mm. So having Patrick brought joy to them both. He was described as a happy-go-lucky little boy who was always smiling and had a big and had big blue culti- uh, captivating eyes that made his parents smile and laugh with joy. His mother doted him very much and was very protective of She doted on him. She doted on him and she was very protective of her pride and joy. Unfortunately, all that came to a very short end because immediately we have a date. Oh man. Yeah. On February 12th, 1993, a month before his third birthday, James and his mother went down to a local shopping center called The Strand for some shopping, which is um, like a mall, you know. In the late afternoon, she stopped at a butcher uh, shop to place an order for some food while holding James in her hand. As she's paying for her food, she briefly let go of his hand and takes her eyes off of him to reach into her purse to pay for her order. And in an instant, as she looks up, little James vanished. Whoa. What? Yeah. Just while she was grabbing money to pay for the order. Just like that. She frantically looked around and she runs out of the shop to look around to see where he was. Um, Still, nothing. She called out for the police and uh, local security guards there at the mall. Um, And she goes into detail and describes, you know, who, she, who they're looking for, what he's wearing, and um, <clears throat> and what took place um, as she tells him, you know, she was just buying gross, uh, buying food, and just seconds later, he vanished. Um, so they looked all over for him, for James, but to no prevail. So her worst nightmare for any parent has come true. No one see, saw anything? No one. Wow. They're looking all over. Out of that many people that are filling them all. This story is going to have some twists. Oh. Yeah. Some, some twists twist. to it. Dang, poor lady. Some twist. Yeah. So this was like, I would say about like one o'clock in the afternoon. So hours have passed. So now we're looking at about 4 p.m. And Denise by now is devastated and distraught. Uh, some people try their best to give her comfort of hope, but Nothing can comfort her until she has her young baby in her hands, like any mother or any parent would be. That's yeah. a parent's worst nightmare, man. Man, man. Um, so keep in mind of the time, because I'm going to tell this story, and it's going to—it it would seem like I'm jumping in two different directions, 
But if you pay attention to the time, you'll see things are taking place at the times that I'm talking about. Okay. So this is about 4 p.m. Okay. Now it's 5.30 p.m. And the mall is closing. And there's still no sign of little James. Wait, I'm kind of... What? The mall closes that early? I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this is... Mind you, this is in the UK. I don't know. This, I'm reading the report that I read. Okay. Um, the police... So the police start a massive search in the area of Boodle, Liverpool. Um, they continue to search for him. They continue to search for him and still can't find him. It's now nighttime and there's still no sign of James. So now the search has intensified. Some of the police and security staff decided to go back to the Strand. They call it the Strand, the shopping center, and look at the security footage inside and outside of the mall to see if they see any signs of James leaving or worse, being taken. They're barely doing that? Like I said, pay attention. It's, my time's going to be off frame for a little bit, but just pay attention. Okay? Okay. What do you think, what do you think happened uh, when they went to the camera? <sighs> well, they obviously caught something, but maybe it was... Since it's you, you said twist, maybe they got something shocking on camera. What do you think? The stupid cameras weren't working. Mm. Um, they were working a little blurry, but their efforts were rewarded um, because they were able to see the exact moment he was leaving the butcher's shop, and they saw the exact moment when his mother ran out, realizing that. Um, her son was missing, but they also um, saw at that time that he was already on the second floor. So when she barely realized that she was he was missing, they see on the camera that he's on the second floor by now. So when she runs out, he's on the second floor, and he's being led by two male individuals. Oh, one of which was holding his hands as they were walking towards the exit in the direction leading to a near canal canal, uh, there near in uh, Liverpool. So two male individuals, a canal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said canal. I'm sorry. Canal. (laughs) What's a canal? Canal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking UK. (laughs) Canal. (laughs) A canal. (laughs) So they see the camp. They see the moment he's walking out. Okay. They also see the moment where she finally realizes that he's missing. She's walking out. As they check the other surveillance cameras, they see by that time he was already being led out. Mm-hmm. So all that How time, much time in between past. So we're looking at doesn't say it doesn't estimate the time it passed when she realizes, but by the time they're searching, all that time they're searching, he's gone. He's already out the mall. Yeah. Okay? So keep that in mind. Uh, now with access to the cameras inside the mall and outside, they also zeroed in on the activities of these two male individuals as the camera shows that they were in the mall targeting and selecting little kids to prey on. In fact, 
the camera shows that they had already attempted to kidnap two other kids prior to snatching young Patrick, Ooh. James Patrick, but they were unsuccessful. What happened was they had lured two young kids, a three-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy, uh, brothers and sisters. They were able to lure them outside, but the girl uh, went back inside and the mom realized, hey, where were you? Where's your brother? And the little girl told uh, the mom, oh, he's outside playing playing with, the, with some boys. So the mom ran outside, saw what was happening, told the boy to come here and they and that that uh, spoiled that uh, attempted kidnap. So that's what happened prior to. So she didn't rat on the kids or anything else like that. Like she didn't she didn't go after him and talk to any of the stores. It seemed I don't know. It seemed I I don't know. It didn't say, but mm -hmm. it may have seemed like innocent. Like they you know you know two little two uh, two kids, um, um, playing. playing and then you know they see yeah so so they're not adults then i kind of gave it away <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to save that okay so uh, these two individuals were also spotted shoplifting from from numerous stores including candy toys batteries and a can of blue paint remember those details okay okay yeah so I was going to ask you guys, what do you think? Uh, why do I keep saying individuals? I wanted you guys to be surprised. I kind of gave it away, but yes, <laughs> they're, youngsters. they're youngsters. But I will ask you this. How you kind of gave it away. Young... I gave it away. How old do you think these youngsters are? Um, I'm going to go with like between 10 and 12. Um, yeah, I'll do, the, I'll do the prices right. 13. What she said. That's <laughs> I I what she said. I was I little, just going here. <laughs> I'll come back with that answer. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm going to leave a little twist for y'all. <laughs> uh, okay. So the police have some evidence of what happened and who were responsible for the disappearance of little James even knowing on camera what direction they were headed, okay? Mm -hmm. So you guys know they're youngsters, so. So we're gonna get into the details of what took place, all right? Okay. So this is happening while the police are searching. The two boys were seen walking with James, who was crying out to his mother, and they were headed towards the, the kennel uh, which was about 2.5 miles away from where the mall was. And when they got to a secluded area, that's when the attack started happening. They immediately dropped him on his head, causing laceration and swellings. Oh. <clears throat> a woman passing by noticed James, but did nothing. Now, I will say this. The police were not Johnsons in here. There was no Johnsons in the police department. Okay. But some of the uh, some bystanders definitely take the Johnson of the week. Woman saw them attacking him, and she didn't do anything. Well, they saw she saw him um, with the boys. I don't think she saw the attack at the time because what they did was he was wearing a jacket, 
So when they noticed that he was uh, cut and uh, had swelling on his face, they covered his face with a hoodie. So I don't think she saw the attack at the time, but she did notice that this little bitty boy was walking with two other youngsters. But she didn't do anything. See, I mean, see, I'm, mad at, I'm mad at the other the other chick inside too because she was like, she was like, "Hey, don't take my two and three year old. You know, kind of bring them back. You know, <laughs> don't be doing that. Just run along now. You know, like like she. But that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> like you're not gonna have some freaking older kids playing with your little child outside the mall like how does that happen you automatically like where's your parents you know and not just calling your child over you go and grab him and ask what the heck is going on now when i say what happens in the end we'll see what i'm gonna say something at the end and you might you might be surprised of the the, the woman you're talking about all right oh, okay but this woman right here like i said she saw them together but she didn't do anything. Okay. Well, what could she do? She just saw them together. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I, I can't get mad at her too much. I mean, if I saw three young kids walking alone, yeah, it's not suspicious. But you might want to be like, well, where's their parents, you know? Yeah, yeah, you probably ask yourself. But you know that there's a lot. And I mean a lot because I've seen it these days, too. A lot of parents don't pay attention to where their children are. Like, you'll see kids walking to the store, the liquor store, in a very trafficated street, little kids alone, or even like the mom's busy doing something else or distracted, and it's the older kids taking care of the little kids. Yeah. So, what can she really do? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I can't really get mad at her too much, but some of the other people who witnessed it, I can kind of be like, okay, y'all dropped the ball. It was a, it was estimated about 30 plus people saw uh, young James with these two boys at the time of the, uh, of the attack. Wow. Yeah. All right. So they start to walk away and they call for James to follow him and they, and he does, he follows them. I mean, he's a kid. So they start to walk away, like I said, and they, they pull his hoodie over his head to hide the evidence of uh, injury. Um, however, passerbys could still see a partially injured face on, on young James, but no one did anything. Even one person recall seeing tears falling from James face. Uh, but they still didn't do anything. The older boys then uh, walked around Liverpool's shops, buildings, and parking lots. And as they were walking down Liverpool's busiest street, witnesses later remembered seeing uh, James laughing with them. So now some people figured, okay, they must know each other. Okay. So as they see him laughing some recall seeing him resisting and even screaming for his mother and crying out for his mom but still no one did anything see that when you're seeing that then you question if the boy's clearly crying something's a matter those that noticed something was wrong with his face that's when you figure out what the hell is going on here you're dealing with kids all right hey 
I agree. Go question them. The hell, like. One person even saw uh, one of the boys kicking James in the ribs for resisting, and yet they still didn't do anything. Okay, okay. <laughs> Time out right here. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. This was, this was a tough one. I agree with Gabby all the way because I agree because 100% the two-year-old can't be bigger than three feet, you know, like maybe, maybe bigger, who knows, but you're seeing a little kid like that get kicked, you know, like, like regardless of who it is, what, even if you, if they're all redheaded and you could tell that they're brothers and sisters, you, you'd kind of dive in and be like, hey, man, don't do that to your brother or, or your cousin or whatever. Leave leave a little boy alone. Like, I would step in. Like, I would be like, dude, hands off, man. Like, don't treat him like that. That's messed up. Like, where's your parents? You know, that's I like, agree. like, where's those kind? Why is everyone like, well, kids will be kids. I'll just go get some tea and crumpets. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> well, I don't know if they were drinking tea and crumpets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these all these beatings are making me hungry. <laughs> Stop it, Todd. <laughs> I'm just saying, come on. I agree 100%. I mean, like I said, several people saw and rec- can recall seeing young James with these two little boys. Several. Um, This one in particular kind of pissed me off when I read this one. This person. What do you think one individual did um, when they saw James being abused? Oh no! Nice. Jeez, the, way this, the way this story is going, give the give the bigger kids weapons. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Abby? Probably said he must have done something wrong and he deserved it. Hit him harder. Mm, no. Um, what she did was uh, there was a, a particular woman. She saw one of the boys punch uh, James and shake him violently. But what she did was she was in the house when she saw it. She pulled her curtains back, covered it up, and blocked the scene out of her head as if she saw nothing. Wow. Wow. These people have no damn hearts. What yeah. the hell? Well, they do different. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to squash on the entire people in the UK, but... Uh... Yeah, they definitely need to work on their um, their what's it called for feeling for others because compassion. compassion, compassion. There you go, compassion skills. Because, geez, Louise, man, you're just gonna turn a blind eye to that. I mean, it's a kid. I yeah, mean, man. That yeah. Especially when he's being shooken, huh, Todd? Yeah, he's being shooken. You know what? <laughs> he was being shooken. <laughs> Well, at least he wasn't taken. Well, he was taken. <laughs> you guys, man, stop it, man. We got scholars listening to us, but you're, but you're. Yeah, Todd, you're, you're insulting their education. See, I would charge, I would charge those boys with shooken and tooken charges. Absolutely. Those are felonies. Well, yeah, but that's real. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're making light of off. this. Though. That pisses me off. She's stupid. She's yeah. The worst. So far, out of all the ones that's seen something, yeah, she pissed me off big time. Because um, kid or not, if I'm seeing somebody getting abused, especially a little toddler, I'm I'm coming out. Yeah, when you yeah. shake a child. It's like you can kill them mm-hmm. really fast. Yeah, because their brains aren't fully that's... developed. Their their um, skulls nope. aren't fully developed. So 
that's why you see a lot of brain damage in these two-year-olds or, or younger, sometimes younger mm-hmm. than four, because, yeah, like Gabby said, mm-hmm. these babysitters or whoever will shake the crap out of their kids and boom, you know, they're, they're, they're left brain dead or uh, severely disabled. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, But there was one bystander who provided uh, a little hope an elderly woman saw James crying and noticed his injuries. And she approached the three the three youngsters, well, the three boys, and she inquired what was wrong and what was going on. But the two youngsters said, oh, we just found him at the bottom of the hill. What do you think she did? I think this freaking woman probably told them, take him home to your mom and call the police or take them take him to the police station. God. I think she was like, Oh, you two kids, you are having fun. Here's a lollipop and be on your way. <laughs> you young rascals. Well Well, I don't know if a lollipop was involved, but uh Gabby Gabby Gab nailed it on the last part. Um apparently satisfied with their explanation. The woman told the two youngsters to take the little toddler down to the nearby station in Walton Lane, which was about a 1.5 mile, 1.5 mile walk and take him there, take him there for his, for his parents to get him. She's not too bright. So, so you can't trust children with anything. What is (laughs) she's older? She can be like, okay, give him to me. I'll take it from here. Take him home and call the police. Yeah. yeah. It's just, the freaking 90s. Yeah, this is the 90s. Early 90s. Well, maybe she was in her 90s. She's probably like, you can just get in your horse and buggy and ride the 1.5 mile ride down to the station. Why does it have to be why a horse got, and buggy? Why do it got to be a horse, man? It's the 90s, man. I'm sure they were driving then. Because she, <laughs> she's, she's, border- cottages. <laughs> she's that old. She's they borderline senile in my mind. Did. I want to live in a cottage or something. <laughs> what's a uh, what's a, a barouche? There you go, a barouche. A barouche. Yeah, they didn't have a barouche at this time. Barouche. Barouche. Not a barouche. Barouche. You know, black people say barouche. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> black people, when we pronounce things, we add s to it if it says th. Teeth. Teeth. Okay, this one's not th. Oh, what? what it's bar- a barouche. Oh, barouche. Oh, okay. I can say that. Barouche. <laughs> you have grammar Nazis uh, on you. Grammar Nazis, I'm playing around. <laughs> so, as they're walking, she calls out to the boys, make sure you take them to the police station. But you know they wasn't going to do it. They didn't even look back. They just kept walking. Of course not. So, all of these things were taking place as the police were still on their search. Keep that in mind. Another woman standing nearby said she heard Patrick James laughing moments moments ago when uh, she seen him and she assumed nothing was wrong. So people saw him. Some people saw him laughing. Some people saw him obviously crying and stuff. But Outside of that woman, the old elderly woman, no one else really did anything. 
She didn't do anything. Well, she, well, <laughs> she just told them. I mean, she, she, her, she did nothing. I mean, she told them to take them no, to the police station. That's, that's something. You can't tell one little child to take another tiny child to the police station. Hey, I'm giving some kind of ray of hope for that elderly woman. No. None? No. You're a Todd. freaking grown but adult. <laughs> like, no. Nurse elderly. Uh, yeah, you're old already. You should know better. Her statement to the police was, Oh, those two young boys were having such a good time. The little one was laughing so hard he was bleeding from the forehead. And he was crying because he was so happy. Those youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was laughing, honestly. Like, how... He's already been all beat up. He's in pain. He's little. Yeah. He was probably crying to the level where it sounded like he was laughing. Well, later, later that night when um, it was reported, because mind you, uh, it was nighttime when they finally said that they couldn't find him. So they had did a report on the missing child. It was later that night when she saw that she phoned and regretted that she didn't do anything. So she had some remorse. That didn't save the child. Didn't, yeah. Well, well, let's continue on. James was almost rescued. Almost. Almost rescued. Wow. A woman, another woman, concerned for the toddler, um, told the two boys that she would take the child to the police station herself. But what do you think happened? If you guys can guess this, you guys are great detectives. At that point, an adult showed up to pick up the, all the kids and said, that's my child. He got lost or he fell or something. And I sent the boys to get him. I am going to take them home. Todd? Mm. I don't know what could have happened right here, but whoever it was should have did just that. They should have took him home. I don't know why they, they didn't, honestly. Because this story is already frustrating the crap out of me. Yeah, and this one was go this one's gonna take the cake when it when it comes to frustration. So the woman told the boys, "I'm gonna take them from here." So she asked another woman who was nearby to look after her daughter. She had a daughter at the time with her. She told the woman to look after her daughter while she did such, you know, take the boys to the take them to the station. The woman who she asked refused to take the daughter because her dog did not like children <laughs> so James and the two boys slipped away wow okay why do you need to leave your daughter with someone else to take another child to the police station I don't know that was her reasoning Grab your damn that child, was the explanation take the little guy and go take him to the police station how are you just going to ask a stranger, here, watch my kid while I go replace this kid back to his parents? I guess back in the 90s, you know, in, in the UK, I don't know, we don't live in the UK, but I guess it was still, you know, hospitable and people trusted people. I don't know. So. I don't care what era I, I lived in. I would never trust anyone with my daughters. <sighs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, Todd? <clears throat> I think, I mean, 
if you're you're trading one evil for the other, but I mean you're leaving the kid with a complete stranger, but at least you would have helped out with a small one instead you let him walk away i mean there's just a bunch of missed opportunities right here where this this should never re i mean at worst it should have just reached the level where they hurt him and then someone came up and was like hey man look give me that kid you know, like you guys aren't responsible where's an adult like where's the questioning of hey where's the adult you know what i mean like like where's the karen I, look i'll be that karen yes, they I'm, needed a karen once once i've had kids it changed my mentality i started thinking like my mom my mom would would be that kind of not Karen per se, but just like the person that hear a baby cry and she'd go and say, ask the mother, do you need help? Or she see a kid lost. She's going to take mm -hmm. that kid right to the freaking, you know, front of the store or wherever she's at mm -hmm. to make sure the kids a safe and B they're making an announcement to find the kid's parents. So, I mean, where's that type of person in this situation? That's what's pissing me off. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, I remember one time I was at the mall with my mom and I was a youngster and there was a kid who was younger than me. I was probably like seven or eight and the kid was no more than four, maybe three. And sure enough, was crying his butt off. Mom was missing. Um, so I remember my mom telling one of the uh, store clerk, we were at the mall too, saying that, hey, you know, this kid is crying. We'll wait here until the mother shows up. I remember them making an announcement for the parents to come uh retrieve their child here mom came crying boy hugged her um i don't think she spoke english so my mom just said you know just be careful next time and then that was it i do remember that so uh, i agree with you wholeheartedly uh todd and gabby i just don't feel this lady should have let him out of her hold at this point these kids have their story and it's like now like <laughs> you're responsible now mm-hmm they're obviously telling you they're not related to the child. They found him. You hold him in your hand and you wait until you figure out what you're going to do and send those dang kids away. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So miles away from the original spot they were, they walk into do, uh, several different stores and interacted with several different shopkeepers. And even though they were suspicious of these two older boys, they didn't do anything. They let him go along with uh, James. And then, as they're continuing to walk, the two boys come upon two older boys that they knew from the area. And these boys ask them, who, who was this little toddler? And in reply, um, one of the uh, youngsters said that, oh, that was uh, that's uh, my friend's little brother, and that they were taking him home. So even these two older boys even screwed up because they believed them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's because apparently nobody thinks they should question a child. I don't know. Children are innocent. Yeah, I guess. Or they, they you know, gave them persona that they were two good young kids. So I don't know. Who are they doing this for? I want to know. Well. Because these kids got to have parents. And where are those parents? You think they're doing it for a reason? Or these kids had to have been kidnapped long, long ago. Yeah, what's the what logic? What is your theory? What's the logic behind it? That's what I'm interested to. You guys want to know? Mm -hmm. We'll get into that later. 
Ah. <laughs> well, this is when the story takes a turn for the worse. Oh no! Uh, they are walking. They arrive at a railroad uh, railroad tracks, and there, they actually leave the boy. What? Yeah, for a second. Uh, they walk away, even hesitating and reconsidering. Um, reconsidering what they were about to do next. They come back um, and what they do next is devastating. So once again, listeners discretion is advised. So it is believed that um, the two boys continue their torture on James around 5.45 p.m and 6.30 p.m. Keep in mind of the time where the mall closed and keep in mind of where the police were at the time. Remember what I said earlier. So the two boys who had um, bought the items, you guys remember the items they had bought? Or shoplift? Blue paint. (laughs) Batteries and whatnot. Yeah. They had uh, brought the blue paint that they stolen from the mall and one of the boys threw it in little James' left eye, blinding his left eye. Hmm. Through the can? Through the paint in his eye. They then kicked him violently, pummeled him with bricks and stones and stuffed the batteries that they stole inside of his mouth. They beat him severely. They finally hit James over the head with a 22-pound iron bar, which resulted in 10 skull fractures. And all, James sustained 42 injuries to his face, head, and body. It was uh, later concluded that um, he may have suffered, uh, may have uh, died from his injuries then and there. Uh, but no one could determine what was the fatal blow. They weren't done yet. What do you think they done? What they did next? No. Tie him to the tracks. What do you think, Tom? Uh, yeah, either either that or, or or try to mutilate him somehow. Um. Well, Gabby Gab is right on this one. Oh. To make it look like uh, James was uh, killed in the accident, they tie him down on the train tracks and wait as uh, the train. Um, it, it, it was believed that he would may, may have been dead at this point, but they tie him to the train tracks, and in hopes of making this thing look like an accident, they left the scene and they saw a train coming full speed as the body of the toddler was severed in two different, uh, severed in two. Oh, come on. Why? We don't know. Why? Yeah. What the hell is going through these demon child's head? That's scary. Uh, That's scary to know that they were actually thinking ahead of how not to get caught. That's scary. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that is what took place at the time. Okay. So I'm going back to police activity. Okay. So being that the police saw the camera, saw the uh, the direction the kids were going, they searched in the pronouncing uh, can- canal. Canal. <laughs> canal. Wow, dude. Man, I'm having a hard time. Canal. They searched in the canal near the area of the strand. But remember, they walked some uh, about 3.5, 3.9 miles away from where they were originally. You're telling me in this time span, nobody reached three miles. They were looking in that area where they were originally were. Okay, but I'm sorry. This is the Johnsons. They are Johnsons. Do you call them Johnsons? Absolutely. Because you have your team searching in the area close by where the child went disappearing. If you already saw in the cameras the direction in which he was going, you continue your search going in that direction, no matter how far you need to go until you find him. What do you think, Todd? I'd have to say the same thing. You would take probably whatever force you had that was looking for the child you would take half of them and say okay search the mall inside and out and then you take the other half and you'd be like let's search the perimeter you know what i mean like you you don't just focus in on the inside part because maybe it did take them a while to look at the video but in that meantime you could be on the outside asking questions seeing if anyone saw anything because it seems like they just focused everything on the inside yeah, if they saw it, it was obvious that the child was taken out of the mall. Well, no, well, that's what I'm saying. The next day, they searched that area, the canal, the, the next day. Why not in that moment? Yep. They are absolute Johnsons. Yep. So, I'm They're like, hey, to, we got to stay in to... here and search for the, uh, <laughs> the little kid because, <laughs> hey, you know what? They got some hot dog on a stick here. They got some orange Julius. So we got all kinds of snacks while we're looking for the kid, you know. We'll we'll bound and found him. He's probably bouncing around in bouncy balls. Maybe. But keep in mind, they were all, they searched the canal in that area because um, eyewitnesses have reported seeing them, those boys in that area. The boys had already walked like almost four miles already. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? but you said in the video it was obvious that was the direction they had taken. And that's where the area they were searching, that area. No, they should have gone further because at that point you got to think, okay, if they're walking and there's bigger boys with him, they're going to be walking fast. They're probably further out from the stupid mall. Now, I don't know which direction, whether it's north, east, west, or south, where it's Walton Lane from where they were, but they walked an additional three point five miles from that area where they originally were. I think that is such a stupid short distance for a cop to not have made it that far in time to see the child with these stupid boys. I'm just yeah, if they're telling making you what I read. It's not like they <laughs> took him out of town or into another freaking state. You go in that direction even up to freaking 20, 50 miles to search for a child. We're going all the way to the heavens and looking for this. I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just telling you what I read. All right. Well, they tried. Uh, they tried patrolling the areas using loudspeakers, 
for the two individuals to come forward, holding press conferences for them to turn in the little boy to his family. And they did this for two days. Unfortunately, hoping for a happy ending on February 14th, which was Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1993, just two days after he went missing. That's when uh, a young boy ran into the Walton Lane police station and reported finding a body near the railroad tracks, which was, guess what? Guess how close it was from the police station, this railroad track. A few feet. What do you think, Todd? By walking distance, probably like 100 yards or so. Dang, you almost nailed 150 yards. Oh, wow. From the police station. Okay. Which was, which was miles away from where they originally were. So that's how, uh, that's how close they were to the police station. So my, my question is this though, Matt, real quick, sorry to butt in, but, um, what did they say if the boys forced the two year old to walk that distance or were they carrying him? Like, cause that would obviously slow them down or speed them up that distance. Well, it didn't say, uh, it did mention that he followed them. Um, when they walked him out the mall, one of them was holding his hand. So mm-hmm. it doesn't give details of if they carried him or held his hand at this time. But, I mean, one could say they probably did hold his hand. They probably did carry him. Because, like, I agree. A three-mile walk is pretty far for a two-year-old kid. If you said they dropped him on his head and already started hurting him. Then they must have been carrying him and then got fed up and threw him. True. Very possible very possible um upon arrival the police discovered the mangled body of james patrick bolger and what can be described as a horrific scene and now what turned into a search for a missing child has now turned into a murder case the only good thing is that at least the police have an idea and kind of know who they're looking for based on the cameras. They just have to find them. Too late. And on top of that, the the instruments, I would say, the uh, things that they were using to torture Patrick, they all left it in the facility of the area where he was found. They found the blue paint. They found the uh, iron rod. They found the batteries. So they, they kind of have an idea of who they're looking for. And they also have an idea of um, the evidence was used. Um, It was said that the police suspected the boys may have sexually assaulted young James because when they found his body, uh, his shoes, his socks, his trousers, and his underpants were removed. And something else they noticed they noted too about uh, young James' uh, body. And this part right here made me cringe. They said they found uh, James' foreskin forcibly pulled back from his penis. Yeah. Oh, God. Some may suggest that he was um, raped, like I said. And also, it was possible that they used those batteries to stuff it up his anus wasn't clear evidence um but the police suspect that they 
they did that. Yeah. Yeah, I have no words for that. <clears throat> yeah, man. That was, when I read that, that was tough. That was tough to swallow. How can a mother recover from something like this? To know how horribly her baby suffered. Yeah. God dang, you know, if, if, if it's right, though, like if the detectives were like, look, you don't want to know what happened to your son. I mean, in a way you want to know, but do you really need to know? Like Gabby was saying, because I don't know if I can handle that. Because then you would just oh, no. picture in your mind, you know? Yeah. No, I I, I wouldn't want to know. Uh, yeah. And even the fact that he was ran over by a train and his body was cut in two. I, I don't want to know that. If I, if I don't have him in my arms, I don't want to know how he died. That's rough, though, because when you find him, someone needs to verify that's him. And the, who's that? The parents. Well, like I said, the mom described what he was wearing earlier to the police. And if they saw those clothing, hey, that's him. That's how I wouldn't want to know. I don't know. A mother in your pain and you're trying to find your child, you want to make sure that was your child. Or do you still have hope you're going to find him? I personally, being a mother, I'm being described, we found this color clothes on the child. Like, it's not enough. You need to know if that really is your child. But those images are going to stick yeah. with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That's horrible, but does the parent have any way around it, really? Yeah. I told you this was going to be a tough one. So, yeah, it's pretty devastating. Uh -huh. Yeah, man. So, with some of the evidence in hand and the knowledge that uh, James' killers were likely two young kids, the police checked nearby schools absentee lists for the day of the disappearance and this caused various children to be identified as potential killers or suspects with even some parents reporting their own kids um with tips and phone calls coming in from eyewitnesses who last seen james with the two boys excuse me there was one particular caller whose evidence um pretty much pinpointed uh the two boys as the primary suspect Was this one of the older kids the anonymous caller yeah it doesn't say i did read on the because i read up several different stories on this one um i even looked up on wikipedia it said there was a woman who called and identified the two boys clothings mm. So that's why I said earlier when you said, Todd, about that woman who uh, saw the boy. Um, that, it was on with the kids. I don't know, but I'm going to assume it was her. They, they don't say who it was, but this woman identified the two boys, what they were wearing. And for some reason, she said that one of the boys had blue paint on their jacket. Mm. So how would she know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm thinking that was that mother who called and said, hey, you know, those two boys were not in school that day. And one of them had on a jacket and had blue paint on it. 
Well, there was different bystanders who kept running into the kids. I don't know. Like I said, we don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I just assume it could have been any of the women that they saw. Um, but I'm giving a light of hope that it may have been that woman earlier. So, um, the police now have names to those two suspects. They were uh, John Venables and Robert Thompson. So, okay. these two boys, now with the name, are the primary, well, weren't actually primary suspects. I'll tell you what. The police visited their homes, both of the uh, their homes, and when they did go to their homes, on one of the clothes, on one of the boys' clothes, there was uh, blood on their shoes. And that was uh, Robert Thompson. And the blue paint, as the caller described, was on John, uh, John's jacket. However, despite the evidence, I don't like to hear that. What? However. However. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on, it, it, it's interesting. Despite the evidence, these two weren't the initial suspects by the police, because the police. Um, were focused on other children who had violent records. And they also were convinced that the boys from the footage were older than they were in their teenage years, probably about 14 to 15. These boys that they captured were indeed 10 years old. So you were right, Gabby. They were wow. only 10 years old. How does a 10 year old have that in their head? I have no idea. But both of them were 10 years old. So the police thought that there's no way these two did it. We're looking for some teenagers, despite the evidence. That's my child's age. I know. 10 years old. So during a separate police interview with John and Robert, they actually turned on each other. And over the course of interviews lasting several days, John eventually confessed. He told the uh, interviewers, yeah, I did kill him. What about his mom? Will you tell him I'm sorry? Will you tell her I'm sorry? That was what John said in one of the interviews. <clears throat> However, Robert, he was the one that wasn't, wasn't so easy. He denied everything. And he was telling the detective um, that it wasn't him. I don't know what you're talking about, but smart detectives do smart things. He said something that shot himself in the foot. What, what? do you think? What do you think he said? The kid. Yeah, the kid. He mentioned the little boy's name, and they hadn't told him his name. Mm, what do you think, Todd? He might have given up a detail that only the killer would have known, like maybe a murder weapon or dropping him or something like that. A detail. Close. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very. He gave details of what the little boy was wearing in particular. Okay. And no one had said it yet. And so he described the little boy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I didn't kill that boy who was wearing a, 
uh, a yellow jacket. And he's like, wait a minute, who said he was wearing a yellow jacket? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he gave details of what the little boys was wearing. So smart detective doing smart things. Noted that, and they um, they continued to uh, process the, the little boy. But he still remained unfazed, chilling, denying everything. So they gave him a nickname, the boy who did not cry. That was his nickname from the press. Hmm. So eventually after the interview was processing and everything was going through, uh, both boys were charged. And nine months later, the trial began. People outside the courthouse, it was a high profile thing. So people outside the courthouse was calling for uh, blood for blood, an eye for an eye, and yelling to kill these bastards. As would I. Ten years old, though. It's sad that they're freaking ten years old, but I would have been saying the same damn thing. Ten years old? They're already ruined, dude. They're already ruined. Like, what the hell is really wrong in their brains for them to do that? Yeah. Like, you're jacked up. You are messed up. You deserve to suffer for what you did to that child. For me, them trying to cover it up is over the top. You know what I mean? Like if if they had buyer's remorse and they freaked out and they went to the police when they were leaving them there, maybe semi-conscious on the railroad tracks, then I'd be like, yeah, you know, there's hope for those kids later on. Just extreme therapy and rehabilitation after a, you know, prolonged juvenile sentence and all that stuff. But you... You're you're trying to cover it up. You know what you're doing. I mean, these are these are mm-hmm. these are serial killers already, or you know, are mm-hmm. gonna be serial killers. Like I, no, nah, I, and they tried attempting two other children before this. So, no, nah, there's yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, and the people agree. Um, popular discuss only intensifies when witnesses and the media noted that uh, Robert Thompson's cold, seamless, remorseless behavior at trial and John, whose his behavior was, he had a historical outburst during the trial. So none of them showed remorse at the time. Um, but a lot of people assumed that Robert, the one who was cold, was the instigator because of his behavior. Even though psychiatrics uh, and authorities couldn't find the motive and the conclusion of why these boys did what they did. There was no motive. He didn't say a motive when he confessed? Nobody. Yeah. However, even though Robert was the cold, you know, remorseless one, a lot of people say John was the one who had a temper and he was known to lose his control. And had done some pretty wild things prior to. So even though a lot of the people thought Robert may have been an instigator, I think John may have been the one because he was the one who had a temper already and he had a little history. But no one knows. No one knows. The The thing is that a lot of times the instigator is a very cool, calm, and collected one. You see the one with the rage to do what he wants. Yeah. So that you really, I mean, you never know. Yeah. The court psychiatrist determined that the two boys knew what they were doing and they knew they're right from their wrong. 
and weren't psych uh, sociopaths, but were nevertheless able to uncover any concrete motive for, for uh, the murder of James. Something no professional has been able to confidently determine even in the years since. So still to this day, they don't know what possessed them to do what they did. We know what possessed them. What do you think? The demons. Maybe. Pure evil. Ten years old, though, man. I'm still shocked in the age. Yeah, me too. I wasn't thinking about kidnapping no kid at ten years old. Nonetheless, torturing them. I wasn't thinking about torturing anything at ten years old. Not even now. I mean, if you 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 heard my family, I'll, <laughs> I'll think about her. <laughs> but yeah. that's another story. Uh, all right, ten years old though, Todd. What you man? Yeah, it's man. I don't know, man. I just that get that gets me right there. Yeah. Besides not having a motive. Oh, go ahead. Go. No, I was gonna say a lot of people were probably feeling like you have to have some compassion. They're children. I'm I sure. Not. I'm sure. I'm sorry if I sound cold or evil or whatever. Here we go. <laughs> I will not ever have compassion for even a child who can be so disturbing and so disgusting with other people, especially a little one. Like, yeah. what was he going to do to defend himself? Nothing. Like, you're still a sick, disgusting bastard. I don't care how old you are because no child should have those thoughts in their mind. The only thing that comes to my mind is that they might have been abused. And they had some damn rage and they wanted to make somebody else pay for it. That's a possibility. Uh, you know, I didn't think of that. Maybe not sexual abuse, but probably physical abuse. Regardless. Regardless. And, and like, that's what I think they might have gone through. But even then, like, why not take out your rage? Or if you're going to do something so horrible, do it to the person who hurt you. I mean, they probably like, couldn't. If your rage is so strong that you can already have those thoughts in your head, then you can focus on the person that hurt you. You could hate them that much. Yeah. But how are you just going to go prey on somebody else's little child and do such sick things to them? I agree. I hope they hung them and I hope they tortured them and I don't feel sorry for them. Me neither. What, what, what are you going to say, Tom? I was just going to say me neither. I mean, that's just, it's it's disgusting on so many levels. So y'all aiming for the death penalty on two 10-year-olds? Two Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, two 10-year-olds. At least, at least life sentence or 25 years. They torture and beat a little tiny boy. They did horrible, horrible things that maybe not even adults think about. Okay. Absolutely. An eye for an eye. I agree. I agree. Off with their damn little wings. <laughs> I knew I was waiting for you to say. I thought I was egging you on to get you to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being. I agree. I agree. But um, when we get into the verdict, we're gonna see y'all reaction on this. One. Oh God, I'm not. I already know. Um, uh, 
with uh, despite not having any motive, both John Venables uh, and Robert Thompson were convicted, making them the youngest to be convicted of that crime in Britain in the 250 years that they've been in existence. So this is the youngest conviction they've ever had. Wow. As the jury foreman read the verdict, John and uh, Robert were sitting in an adult court dock that had been altered so that the boys could see over it because they were so tiny. Um, they were sentenced to serve at Her Majesty's pleasure as it is standard protocol for juvenile offenders convicted of murder or manslaughter. Um, you are ready for the your verdict? I think I'm going to like it. You all ready? Yeah. This indefinite sentence has no maximum, but does not have a minimum to be determined on a case-by-case basis. So in this case, it was just eight years at which the time the boys will be 18. After that point, the killers of James Patrick Bolger were to be assessed, and if they weren't deemed to be a danger to society, were to be released by all accounts. If you're a danger to society at 10 years old, you're a danger for the rest of your life. I was waiting for your reaction. Most people become a danger as adults. At 10 years old, you're already this sick. What could possibly change for you to be a decent human being to come out to society after what you did? What about the parents of this child? He didn't get to live more than that. He didn't get to live three years. It was a month before his birthday. And you're pissed, I can tell. What about you, Todd? No, I feel her pain because, I mean, they had a stillborn prior to him, right? So they already lost Mm -hmm. out on a child probably born full term. And then this kid doesn't even get to see his fifth birthday, you know, doesn't get a chance to even go to school. Uh, yeah, I mean, going like I that's what I had thought. They, I thought that they weren't going to put on too much pressure on these kids and make them just be like wards of the state till they're 18 or so, then reassess them. But likely they're going to get out and they've had they either go two ways. They're remorseful. Or they got bent up rage and they're going to do it again or do something worse or just be useless to society. But I would have given them 25 years at least. I mean, you can't lock them up forever, but you can at least give them 25 years, make them, you know, go to their 30s in some sort of prison or facility and then reassess them then before you let them out. You know, once they hit like 30, then, then you kind of reassess them. But I'm just overall pissed, man, because that's not enough time. I agree with what you said. Wait until they're older and then reassess them. No, they don't deserve that. No, I'm just saying uh, they were kids. They were young. Hold on. Leave me out. Wait until they're like in their 30s or maybe even 40s. Reassess them and see what's going on in their life. If you feel any kind of ounce of they ain't changed, keep them in forever. You're not, you know, no. Off of their wings, little wings. Freaking children, they don't deserve that. If as a child you can do something that horrific, then you don't deserve that. Showing no remorse, being cold, just 
freaking statues, careless. I mean, yeah. If you're a child it's and a you do something horrible or something even light that your parents think is bad and you get scolded for it and you cry your little eyes out because you feel so terrible inside and so ashamed over nothing. Yet you have these two 10-year-olds who did something absolutely horrible feel nothing for it be sentenced practically to prison and you're not gonna cry you're not gonna show emotion something's really wrong there no they don't deserve a chance they don't deserve to be reassessed they don't deserve to go out to society ever again and that is the verdict of Gabby bang <laughs> yeah I mean, like I said, this is a touchy subject, and I'm sure the people in the UK are feeling this story as well. They've been feeling this story for decades. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to get the comments of the people in the UK. What, what do you guys think about this one? But as I continue, because I'm not done yet, there's more. I hope they died. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, let me see. Oh, so by all accounts, John and Robert showed no violent or any wrongful behavior in prison, but instead they served their time, their eight years for the murder of uh, James without any incident. So when the eight years were up in 2001, both boys were released. Wow. Yeah. There's more. If I was the parent of James, I'd be ready. Well, the dad was. Um, he was. He, he um, in 2011, on June 24th, I'm skipping out. I'm, I'm going ahead. I just wanted to read this part. It said that James' father, Ralph, stood outside the Liverpool uh, courtroom after making a statement to the parole board in hopes of keeping uh, John, one of the uh, uh, murderers, behind bars for a longer period of time than just 2001. Because I'm not done yet. There's there's a twist going on. There's a twist. Okay. Hang on now. I'm going to get to it. Okay. So upon their release, John Venables and Robert Thompson were given new identities and uh, were granted legal with an amnesty. 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 I'm sorry for life due to the public fury that surrounded their trial and the danger of citizens hunting down the infamous uh, James Patrick Bolger killer for vengeance. See, that's why I think the system is so stupid. I'm not done. I know, it's <laughs> stupid. Why do you deserve to be protected over what you did? Pay the effing consequences. I agree with you on this Face one. It. I wouldn't protect them. No, I wouldn't protect them. What they get is coming from Coach... Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, however, to this date, no significant attempt at vengeance have been made um, on the, the two. On the two, and uh, James Bolger's mother, Denise, was finally able to locate Robert Thompson, one of them, in 2005. However, when she got in contact with him, uh, she was paralyzed with hatred and could not confront him. Yeah. 
I could definitely. So, oh, I, I would too. I, I probably would confront him though and try to hurt him, but but I I can't blame her. Um, can you continue reading? Um, today, while Thompson is believed to be uh, assimilating back into society and living a quiet life, the same cannot be said of John Venables. No. He was the one who had some behavior issues. In 2010, he was in prison for what do you think? Child rape and murder. What do you think, Todd? I had to say uh, abuse of somebody. Okay. Um, Y'all both are somewhat right. Uh, He was in prison for downloading images depicting various kinds of sexual abuse being inflicted upon male toddlers. Yeah, I see. He never learned. Never. He became ineligible for parole in 2013, at which... Uh, time, uh, Ralph Bolger told the parole board that he couldn't forgive his son's killer and uh, John should never be released. So that's why I said I was reading up ahead. Uh, that was when he went to parole for that conviction. So he never was remorseful for his behavior because he still was doing things involving boy male toddlers. So what? Still not done yet. Nevertheless, they released him again. Mm. But this time in that November of 2017, John was again in prison when more child abuse images and a pedophile manual that provided instructions on having sex with little kids were discovered on his computer. Oh. Guess how long he was sentenced for that? A year probation. Probably five. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I wish. John was sentenced to three years and four months in prison, not far from half the amount of time he served for joining Robert in uh, perpetrating the murder of James Patrick Bolger quarter century before. So he was only sentenced to three and a half. Now I do believe it was this whole idea. So that's why a lot of people suspect that it was John who was the instigator, not Robert. Even though um, Robert was the most remorseless one, John was the one that showed behavior problems. And it continues to show even to the dawn. Now, I have a so theory. So he's free. He's free? What, what were you going to say? That's all I got from him uh, as far as uh, his latest conviction. Okay, because I have I have a theory on this. Um, yeah, I, I have a theory on this. I think you know we've talked about it before. How you know your first sexual experience is the one that lasts. Mm-hmm. You, something that you like to do over and over, whether it's something oral, whether it's you know something you know even kinky. You know if you if you've been molested, you want to. That's how these molesters start. You you want to you want to molest other kids. So what if John was molested at a younger age? Someone started him down that path, and he got a lust for it, started at 10 years old, and obviously he's still in that mindset with no remorse. You know, there has to be something there. I mean, I would hope that these Johnsons did their homework or at least tried to, because that's what I think I would have dove into his past big time. 
try to figure out where this came from. Yeah. I mean, some, something must have. Yes. Yeah, so, not to cut you off, Todd. Um, my bad. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so, some, someone must have tortured him, maybe. You know what I mean? Because that's not normal activity. Yeah, that's what Gabby, yeah, that's what Gabby Gab said maybe, earlier. Maybe they suffered some abuse and turned it on young James. Yeah. But still, man, yeah, this this one was a tough one. I'm not going to lie. This one's tough. Yeah, it's, that's terrible. I know Gabby's pissed. I am. I'm enraged. I cannot believe how stupid the system is. Yeah. Like, who, who gives explanation to those parents? Who tells them why why their child was targeted or why these stupid asses did what they did? Yep. Yeah. How? How does that parent go on for the rest of their life knowing what happened to their child? Getting no freaking closure because... They pretty much got away with it. It's not enough. It's like deeming their child's life worthless. Yeah. I'm looking online uh, about information on um, Jane, uh, John, uh, further information, and it's, it's, it's pretty deep. I mean, uh, in 2019, legal challenge to lift his... Uh, Anonymity, and it was anonymity. Uh, I can't pronounce that word. Man. They made him anonymous. Okay. There you go, anonymous. They made him anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they challenged. Uh, it was 2019. It was a legal challenge to lift that anonymous, um, uh, to make him anonymous, but it was refused. So potentially overseas settlement in late June 2019. It was reported that the British officials had considered resettling uh, John in Canada. Australia or New Zealand due to the high cost behind protecting his anonymous anonymous British authorities have reportedly spent 65,000 pounds in legal fees to keep uh, John's identity a secret. In response to media coverage, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern remarked that due to his criminal history, John would need an exemption, exemption under New Zealand Immigration Act 2009 and that he should not bother applying. So that's the latest I got on uh, John. So it seems that Why, why do they work so hard to protect I wouldn't. criminal? I wouldn't at all. Protect somebody who's in danger. Mm -hmm. How many women with their children suffer because a man or somebody else won't leave them the hell alone and they have such a hard time getting a restraining order? I agree. That freaking paper gets violated all the freaking time and it's not respected. They end up killing them, hurting them, whatever. Those are the people you need to protect. Make them anonymous. Not a freaking criminal. I agree. Yeah. Real quick, uh, I just wanted to give uh, details of what happened after with uh, their parents, of uh, Ralph and Denise. It says months after James' uh, killers were found guilty, uh, Denise gave birth to another baby boy. They called him Michael James Bolger. Um, Ralph and Denise finally have a reason to continue leaving, li continue living, um, but their whole world uh, had been turned upside down. Sadly, their marriage fell apart. In 1994, Denise split with Ralph, and she later remarried in 1998 when she met Stuart Fergus, and together they have two sons, 
Ralph remarried and had three daughters with his second wife. So um, maybe issues between the, the two, maybe there was some blame going on, but they eventually split and they both live a separate life. It's just hard. I feel like when you lose a child together, like you want to be there, I guess, for each other, because obviously that's your mate. Yeah. And you have that in common, that pain. But unfortunately for everybody is so different that I guess for a lot of people, after they lose a child, they end up splitting up because they just, you can't understand each other's pain because you're so in your own. Yeah. So you neglect each other's needs. You forget about each other because you're so wrapped up in what's going on with you internally. And you can't blame other either. Because that's sad. How do you process that? How do you get over it? How, How do, do you, you go on in life and be a husband still or be a wife still? How do you do that? I mean... That's rough. Or also that person, a constant reminder of what you had and you no longer do. Yeah. This was a tough story. And I, and thank you, Catherine, for um, recommending this story. I mean, this, this was tough. James didn't even have a chance to... He, at two years old, you don't even remember anything. Yeah. You know? He didn't know what life was. You know? I feel like this has been the most disturbing child case. You think so? The things they did to him, like... And, and because it was children doing that to another child. Yeah. Even the police, like I said, they thought it was teenagers. They didn't suspect it would be 10-year-olds. They're barely... 10 years old, you don't know how to wipe your butt at 10. Yeah. That's... It's just... Uh, it's so it's so difficult to, um, to fathom that that can happen. You know, and especially, I mean, it's sad to say, but you can see it happening in other countries, like poor countries and stuff like that. I'm sure that happens a lot. And, you know, it's never reported... But to have it into a civilized country or a first world country and for the reactions of people that could have prevented it for the actions of the police, the the judicial system, it's just a failure on all fronts. And, you know, that guy is going to reoffend John at some point, you know, he's going to wind up getting his wings and getting out there and doing it again. So um, it's just a terrible story all in all. Yeah. They even said that uh, some of the family members of the, uh, the two boys had to flee the uh, area for fear of uh, vengeance from uh, the locals over there. So it not only affected the parents and uh, the boys, but it infect- affected their families as well. And I mean, can you blame the people? I, I, I know that other family members didn't do anything. It was the two boys, but at that point, you just want revenge. You know, you, you're going after any the one you can get your hands on. And if you can't get them, you're going to get their family. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but I, I what I'm not saying I can't blame them, but I get it. Yep. No, I, if they did go after their family, I would absolutely blame them. Because what? it's like, you know, these kids blatantly hurt somebody else out of their own weird creepy ass desires they did that right but nobody made them that way let's say they weren't abused let's say they had a good family 
And where does that twisted mind come from? And you can't explain it. And then everybody wants to go against that family because of what their child did. That is not fair. That's effed up. Like I said, I get it. I don't agree with it. I I, I, I just get it. I get it. You know, that's what the mentality of people are. You know, you killed my homeboy. I'm going to go kill your homeboy, even though you had nothing to do with it. I understand that mentality. I'm not saying I, it's right, but I get it. I don't, because if one of my children does something that horrible, I would not understand somebody coming after my other child. Like, it's one person's brain. It's one person's doing. Unless it involves the family, or the family is the one putting that in their head, or the family is using them to get that to you, like to yourself, so that you can do something harmful to somebody else, that's different. Then hell yeah, you go after all of them. Yeah. But because once defected, you're going to blame everybody else? That's not right. I wouldn't excuse that because then you would have the same behavior of having no compassion and no heart for others. Like I said, I agree. It's just, it's just a behavior that most people display. That's all. I'm sure. So that is the story of James Patrick Bolger. And that was a, a listener request, right? That was a listener uh, request. Uh, Catherine, uh, like I said, I'm assuming she's from the UK. Because it is a UK-based uh, case, and um, so thank you, uh, Catherine, for that recommendation. Yeah, send your cases um, in. We yeah. get a lot of them. So, yeah, that was tough, man. That was tough. Mm. I'm gonna need something happy after this because this is gonna be in my head. Yeah, agreed. I just hate. I'm like one of those people where you hear things and you're already picturing everything. And then it's just plain in your mind. You picture what yeah. is happening when he's saying it. And I was picturing him calling for his mom. Like I, I, I pictured that. Um, that one is still engraved in my head right now when I was doing the story. Because I can just see it. A little boy, you know, lost and don't know what to do. He's, he's a kid. All, all you can do is cry for your mom. That's all you know. Your mom is your protector. Your mom is your everything at that age. So... I was picturing that and I ain't gonna lie, it took me it took me a while to finish the story because I was that because of that. So um this was a tough one for me. And that's why I'm paranoid, see? I hear stories like this and I'm paranoid. Yeah. And I don't care if people think I'm exaggerated, I am paranoid over anybody trying to take my children and when I'm paying for stuff and I'm alone with them yeah. and I I have nothing else. Like they have to be holding on to my arms, and oh, I have yeah. to feel them holding tight to my arms while I have to use my hands. And like my eyes aren't only in my bag or wherever I'm focused. Like my eyes are on them. It's just yeah. It's hard now to turn your head. You never know. Like in a split second, mm -hmm. it's over. And and I don't blame the mom. I mean, no, I'm not trying to blame her. I'm just saying that's why I'm here. I know you're not, uh, you know, it happens, you know, I'm not saying she was irresponsible. She was protective. As I mentioned earlier, she just took her hand off of him real quick, reached into her purse, grabbed her money and, and just like that vanished, you know? Um, but it just helps us to realize that in a split second, anything, your life, your life can change like that. Yeah. So if you have little ones, even if you don't have little ones, you know, your teenagers, keep an eye on them, you know. 
So there's a lot of sick. Serves a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of sick people out there. Wolves in sheep's clothing, no matter the age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or the gender nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's the story of James Patrick Vulture. All right. Well. Good story, Matt. That was a tough one to get through, but, you know, you did it like a champ. So I'd like to thank you for that. And uh, glad you guys back. Yeah, man. I I heard the one you did with Randy. Shout out to Randy, man. He does our video. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we're back. We're back. Yeah, we were supposed, like I said, we were supposed to record a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, it started snowing out in Southern California. I don't know if y'all know that, but it's snowing out here. My car broke down. All kind of things were happening. So uh, we apologize for the delay and we should be putting out more content than we should. Uh, We said this year was supposed to be a bigger year and we promised that it will be. It's just, it's been going pretty pretty slow in 2023 and a lot of things have been happening but we promise that we'll be kickstarting a lot more things to come agreed oh. so I've spoken enough for already it's been over an hour so let's kick this out of here you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just type in grinding true crimes there you can follow our page, like our page, and subscribe to our page. Please subscribe to our page, please. Our page. Page. That's my new word, page. Okay, page. All right. Subscribe to our page. <laughs> um, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And also for those listening to us outside of the U.S., we love y'all. Continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cash, and Podchasing. Uh, we'll be kicking off another episode pretty soon, so stay tuned to that. And a quick reminder, we're aiming for this Sunday, March 5th, for our live event exclusively on Podbean. With all that being said, this has been the Grindy True Crime Podcast with your host, Matt and Matt, along with and Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Hey, don't forget about the live show this Sunday, because we're going to be live on the Podbean, yeah! (laughs) This is Rocky! (laughs) Okay, Rocky. <laughs>